Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cantina Mix Football Podcast, episode 337. We got to recap this Liga MX final Atlas pull off the back-to-back championship in a controversial way. And uh, the Mo- Molero Tour is on full throttle. Mexico just lost to Uruguay 3-0. We'll be talking about some of our takes from that and some of the off-season transfers already for Guadalajara. We are live on Twitter Spaces. We are live on YouTube. So hop on YouTube if you want to send us a question or request to speak on Twitter Spaces. And we'll gladly bring you in on the conversation. But before I go any further, let me welcome Joel. Joel, how are we doing? Good, man. I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So not surprised the result. <laughs> A lot of disappointments, a lot of fans leaving leaving the stadium in droves. Yes, because uh, we all know Mexico fans as being the most loyal, especially in Arizona. Yeah, well, I mean, Uruguay is a very strong team. I don't know if fans were expecting um, Mexico to just run over them or to beat them. Um but I think one thing that that was highlight on the match was the difference in strikers. Hundred uh, percent, Cavani, dude. Uh, and it's kind of sad to see uh, Raúl Jiménez not not at a hundred, and people are saying he's that he's done, dude. Put a fork in it. Humpty Dumpty. He hasn't been the same since he got his uh, head cracked by David Luis. He's been a shell, no pun intended, of his former self. And uh, this is our best guy. This is our number nine. And I think, and, and, I, and I expressed this concern plenty of times. Like, we don't really have a, a strong supporting cast as far as next in kin after Raul. I mean, there's there's not much to look for on the bench. So it is concerning. And uh, also Cavani. Just making it look easy out there, and he uh, he he scored a brace today. And if I remember correctly, he's already said his goodbyes to Manchester United, so he still got it, Do you man. Know where he's going? Do you know where he's going? No idea where he's going, but obviously, both him and Luis Suarez are both being linked to go to Liga Emekis. Oh wow. I would have thought across across the border in MLS, but great talents to have if they do end up in Liga MX. Um, but yeah, Uruguay third place in Colmebol qualifiers, regarded by many as the most difficult, uh, you know, qualifying to confederation. <laughs> yeah, well, not not confederation. I mean, just the way their system is, because they're not in groups. It's one big group, one table. Supposed, yeah, supposed to like in Europe and uh, some other countries where um, <clears throat> you could end up with a really easy group and qualify through that. Uh, and then Conmebol, you know, uh, a lot of the teams they're very regular. So, so yeah, Conmebol and and you know, Uruguay, they've been. They've pretty much been on it for a while now, and it's insane the talent they have. They've always had it. Especially considering the fact 
that their population is. I'm gonna I'm see if you know, Joel. It's like what two million? Three point four million. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a small. This is a small country. I think that's part of it. What it's easier. <clears throat> it's easier for them because they could find the talented people to work with, um, not just players but coaches. So easier scouting. Uh, you know, as a little kid. You know, we're little kids and we go play AYSO soccer. Yeah. And it's some someone's someone's uh, dad or grandpa with a AYSO book. They don't know the rules and they just have the kids running around. But in Uruguay, you're more likely to have a former pro since you're a kid already teaching you. Uh, you're more likely to have a family member that played. Maybe if they weren't pro, they still played at a high level. Mm-hmm. And so already, already you're you know, you're at an advantage. So what you're saying uh, is quality over quantity because Mexico City is a lot. <laughs> Mexico City alone Mexico City alone has a population of eight point eight million, which would be like double the size of Uruguay. So I thought it was twenty. Uh twenty? Just yeah, I'm talking was... about Mexico City. Yeah, Mexico City. Uh like that. Oh I'm getting conflicting things here. Greater Mexico City is 22. Oh. Yeah. Not sure what that means. Damn. Um, but yeah, it's still even even at eight. Yeah. More than double. Um, no, I mean, that's, that's what helps some of these countries. Same with Belgium and Holland, that they're small and it's easier to scout. It's easier to, to get, um, to be more organized and get more help. So that's that's what has helped these countries, and and then also Uruguay has always been, you know, they've always been a football country, you know, since since going way back. So that's that's the other thing, you know, Mexico wasn't really into football. You go even going into like the fifties, wrestling was big, boxing was big, bullfighting. Yeah. Uh, in in the north, baseball in some parts of the north, baseball is still bigger than soccer. Absolutely. So soccer in Mexico didn't really become a well, we could say like a like the national like a national sport till like seventies. I don't know. Sixties. No, by seventies already. I, I say like around the whole Chivas thing is what the whole Campionissimo. That's what helped. You know, it helped it ex- explode. <laughs> it did uh, just really quick because soccer was seen as a you know foreigner sport <clears throat> and you go way back then you had to speak English to read the rule books uh, you know so you kind of some of the people had money if you because you know you had to order soccer shoes they all came from England like you didn't just go to the local corner store and buy a ball you had to order a lot of this stuff so it was people with money or, or linked to something with money. So it wasn't really seen as, you know, the, the average Joe sport and up lo- until that point. What happened? And like, uh, like Pachuca, for example, was like actually uh, founded by like Englishmen, Cornish. Yeah, they were. Yeah. So they, they could just bring 
all of that stuff with them, you know? Yeah. They could just bring it with them. Uh, they brought the copies of the rule book. Uh, Chivas was founded by Belgians, right? Mm, the owner of, so there was a Belgian, Edgar Edvaret, I don't know how to say his name uh, properly. He owned two factories, uh, you know, two factories in Guadalajara. Uh, and and there was French. I think they were students. I don't know. They were just. I don't know exactly what they were doing. And so they say that they're the ones that started the club. And then the the Belgian guy just backed them. You know, he backed them to to do the team. And because that's why some people say that. That's why the. That's why the flag colors is the same as the French. Right. Although there's there's been conflicting stories, but that's one of the more popular ones. And the stripes um, were inspired by Bruges, the Yeah, because that was the owner's team. Yeah. Or favorite joke. Or I don't know if they even since it just started back then. I don't know how long that team had been playing. Um it's it's kinda hard, you know, it's difficult to know what what's true, what's myth, you know, back then. But yeah, that so the, the sport was kind of seen as a foreigner sport, and you're going way back when it was um, before the Mexican Revolution. So it was during Porfirio Diaz regime, and he opened up the country for foreign investment because he was trying to industrialize Mexico. So that's how you had all these foreigners coming in and setting up shop. And hence, Edgardo Evarez, you know, and, and Chivas. And then a lot of these foreigners left because Mexican Revolution, soon after, people were like, we're out of here. Um, and so then, you know, it was, you could say the country was becoming more nationalistic. And so, but then you have Chivas winning, and it's like, oh, it's all Mexican teams, you know? Right. It's, it's all Mexicans. So that kind of sort of, sort of, made it like, well, okay, we could do this. We're, we got this. It's like how the Cowboys were were deemed like America's team, and like same thing with Guadalajara. Yeah. Yeah, that that like showed the popularity and then of course you had Televisa who who kind of saw like, you know, this is, you know, cause because Chivas was the first team that popularity wise they they transcended football in Mexico where it's like they would do like, like uh, they would do like novelas back then, like like a comic book, like oh. a picture comic book. Do you know what I mean? Interesting. Like a fo- like photos, you know, you know, like it'll be like a story with oh. pictures. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know you what you're know, talking about. So it was like, and they had like a romance, and they'll have a romance one with one of the Chiva players right there as the galan. Uh, they had Chivas uh, in the radio. You know, back then they would have like, I think one of the guys participated, which was like radio novelas, because that was a thing back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, and movies uh, tied to the church, you could see pictures if you look for them. The bishop or whatever of Mexico right there with the Chiva team. And, <laughs> it, and it's like, holy shit, you know, this, this is pretty huge. Yeah. You know, and so... Televisa plays a big role too because then they they buy 
America, who was owned by Jarritos at one point. True story. Uh, so they, they buy, they buy, yeah, and that was the second owner. That wasn't even the first, Jarritos. Uh, but they buy the club and then they, I, I think I would say they modernized the sport pretty soon because then you have television and then they, they bring the World Cup to Mexico, not once, but twice. So they, they played a big role too in, in making the, the sport and then the, the Clásico, they pretty much made, they made it happen. <laughs> it's like, you think you can see the meme with the stick, like a fight or whatever. Yeah, and yeah, haz algo, haz algo. And, but algo did happen because Chivas' rival was with Atlas and and the other Guadalajara teams, Oro and I forgot the name of the third one, Um, but that was the rivalry some. America was... I don't know the teams exactly. I don't know if it was Marte, but they were. It was more regional. It was more who you got to play more, more, you know, more often. They was live nearby, but uh, I think we've gone far off. Well, we, <laughs> we can went, we like, can go. We went way far, man. <laughs> <laughs> we can go full circle. Um, I really don't want to talk too much about the Mexico Molero game. Uh, they lost three zero to Uruguay. Really, nothing. Oh, really, nothing to say there except the <laughs> fact that uh, you know we're so lucky that the World Cup is all the way in December, November. So plenty of time between now and then for the for them to fire Tata, and because uh, <laughs> Tata dude. ain't the guy, man. Tata ain't the guy. Oh, and um, I saw the first half. I'm sorry to interrupt. I just don't. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Want us to to stray off again? Um, I saw the first half and then I didn't get a chance to see much of the second. But did Flores play? Marcel Flores? Yeah. I don't, know. Uh, I don't even think he was called up. I think he's playing. He with... wasn't like that. I've seen pictures. They kept posting pictures. Uh, I, I think. What's that all about then? I think there's another. Um, <laughs> there's like an under something. Oh, that's, what they, that's yeah. where they took him. Yeah. I keep seeing these pictures with Linus and all this, and I'm like, <laughs> if you want to throw them in a game, it's these moleros, you know. What, what else do you want? What about Linus? Uh, is he with under 23 too? <laughs> Linus was not with the senior side either. Damn, all right. Well, you know, this was only two dudes I wanted to see, to be honest. Oh. Because uh, these games, for me, is more about, like, individual performance. I don't uh-huh. place too much in the whole collective as a team. Uh, not for like a Molero. Yeah. And not one, not one like this where it's like. I. But here's the thing. This was originally supposed to be Argentina where this was going to be a tune-up match for the World Cup. Obvi- yeah. Obviously, uh, we, we got into the same group as Argentina. So uh, they had to about, you know, they had to cancel the, the friendly. Now we get Uruguay, which is a, a really good challenge. And I, I just feel like uh, yeah, they were exposed uh, with a back line of three. Not sure what's going on there. With, but with but see, that, that's when you want to try these things because you're not going to do it in a match that counts. So then if you're going to say, all right, I'm going to risk it. I'm going to see or I'm going to see how they do under these circumstances. Uh-huh. So that's why that's why a lot of times we're results like this. Like, so if you're the coach and you want to try something, you want to risk something. This is the best time to do it. And, I agree. Um, so, yeah, and it's, it could end up looking bad, but at least you have a good understanding of like, all right, this dude could hang or this guy couldn't or, 
it's just you know, concerning just is all it's concerning because you know you had uh, a lot of people spend their hard-earned money to see this and uh <laughs> and it's just embarrassing and i don't even think i know what i was at full strength so it's it's just and here's the thing it's like more or less this is going to be the the team that he, that tata takes to qatar because he's very pig-headed in that manner and he he's convinced that you know these are the best players at at his disposal um you, you know but you know i wouldn't say concerning because the midweek molero the only reason it's because dude mexican fans keep they keep paying if, if they stop going you would get these games at a reasonable price. Uh-huh. That's, I mean, you really can't. No, I know, I know there's blame. supply and demand. I, I agree with that. But uh, at the end of the day, man, it's just it's just sad, you know? I think it's sad. Yeah, I mean. You know, for them extent. to get for them to get embarrassed like that, uh, and just like the, the output, and just, you know, it's it's just getting embarrassing, and and I just don't see anything changing under Tata. I really don't. Um, and I'm sure he's frustrated as, uh, as well because, you know, he's looking at this at this pool of talent and you're just like, I just don't see anyone that's going to, like, change the game. You know, this is the best that we can muster up with and and it's going to be... It's going to be a hard world cup, man. I'm not really... This is the first time in a long time I'm actually, like, I have no expect- expectations for the team. I'm just going in there like, maybe we'll get out of the group. Who knows? But tell me, we've seen this before, Jaime. We have seen this before. Um, I just I don't know what it is about this year. It's just I don't I don't see. I think I'm really starting to see the team for what for what they're worth, and it's there's not much, man. There's not much going on there. Because yeah, going into '98 World Cup, um, it was kind of similar where similar situation where it was like people felt that the national team could do better than how it was doing under Bora Milutinovic. And they sack him right after the World Cup qualifier. And they give it to La Puente. And the majority of his results were bad, man. The team looked bad. The majority of his results, everything looked horrible. And it just looked like, what did they do, man? You know? Yeah. Like, like <laughs> and because to me, Bora's team had... had that 97 Copa America, that to me was like, that's at the bar. That showed me how his team could play, you know. Um, I think they finished third place. They had a really good game against Brazil. Um, I think it was a 3-2 to two defeat. But, but, I mean, really great tournament overall. And, and now you had La Puente, and he's like, He's just eating it, man. And when the World Cup starts, they end up having a really good tournament. All of a sudden, these these moleros didn't matter anymore. Absolutely. Nobody remembers them, dude. No one remembers them, Jaime. I, I do, though. I do. So rencoroso, <laughs> so rencoroso dude. But uh, no one talks about them. We have uh, Ricardo in the chat signing in, of oh, course. Yeah. He says, uh, Joel, please don't talk down on the greatest club in North America, El America. And, How did uh, I talk down? <laughs> yeah, I've and, to say uh, anything negative. <laughs> he also says that uh, the Uruguay winger owned Arteaga and Angulo. 
Nene Beltran looked like a midget next to those Uruguayans. <laughs> and he says uh, Cavani would look glorious in an America jersey. Uh, hate to burst your bubble, Ricardo, but it's actually Cruz Azul who's being linked with, with Cavani. We'll see how that goes. Well, I heard uh, Suarez being linked to America. Yeah, Suarez would be the, the guy. And I can't think Jeez. of a much a more appropriate team than America because... You know that guy's got issues, and uh, America's got issues, and I think they just they belong they belong to each other. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about the big topic. Let's talk about Atlas in the final, getting it done, winning their second title in a row after what was a seventy-year drought. They come back with back-to-back titles, something that has only been accomplished. By two other teams, Pumas and Leon, they got it done. What are your thoughts on that, Joel? I, I was expecting it. Uh, oh, ho, ho. no! I mean, Atlas to do good. I, I don't know if you remember when I said that Atlas will win a second championship before Chivas after they had already won theirs. Uh, but yeah, with Orlegi and whatnot, I, I expected them to do good. I uh, did not expect them to do this good. It was like in two years or less than two years since they took over and back to back. And there's already, there's talk of a three-peat now. And I guess if they get the right refuerzos, yeah, they, they, you know, it could. I would be insane. Who knows, man? This Coca's proven to be a really good coach. Um, so, I mean, I, I just think uh, the, the only downside has been the whole controversy with the, what is it, the president of Atlas, I believe? They're being brothers with the coach, with the um, ref, with the, um, geez, I'm at a loss for word. Time may help me here. Uh, I believe he was related. head of the referee committee. Yeah. There you go. That just, nah. A little just sus. Stuff like that. Yeah, stuff like that. It kind of shows the you know, professionalism of the league when you have things like that happening. And, um, you know, it, this happens all the time. Um, I know when Chivas won theirs, they said it was uh, thanks to Santander. Um, <laughs> so it's like, you know, there's always going to be that talk. And, and kind of like you mentioned earlier, like no one really no- thinks about that over the, you know, long term. They're just going to remember the the titles and the stars on the badge. They're not going to remember how they got there, um, you know. But at the end of the day, Atlas did. They were one of the most consistent teams in the league. And, uh, you know, kudos to them. Kudos to the city of Guadalajara. And honestly, it's uh, it's kind of hard to watch this from the sidelines. Um, Guadalajara, they just haven't been competing for anything as of late. And uh, it's it's hard to see your, you know, your neighbors just succeed like that. It's like, it's annoying. It's frustrating. And and they eliminated Chivas to boot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, it, it just kind of shows where the league is. Um, and and we were talking about the same thing the other day, where it's like, like um, you're gonna see this reflected in the national team because there's just less there's less players with so many foreigners the league having so many foreigners there's less players and that's that's a big uh, you know with the selection that we're seeing 
there's not much to choose from. Right, exactly. And uh, I believe on top of that back-to-back trophy, they also won the Copa de Campeones. So they ended did up. Did they with... even have to? Did they have to play for it? No, they didn't. Since they won they both. Just... All right, and then well, there's no. The other cup got eliminated when you played the um, the cup champion. Uh huh. Yeah. So that was like the Super Cup. They would have probably won that too. <laughs> I think, you know, I, and I do think that's going to be their next thing is to go um, make it to that Cubs World Cup to win a CONCACAF title. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. <laughs> I, I think league, winning Liga MX is more difficult than than winning a CONCACAF. I don't know, man. I think that a lot can happen between now and then. Um, you know, because that, that, that will that tournament will start like what, like next year. So you know, it's a long time from now. Um, yeah, but I mean, these these uh, that's why they they prepare for stuff like this. You know, uh, they've shown to like these organizations, like you know, it's like why they show why Grupo Leg and them why they do so good. They're always preparing for this. I mean, what I was hearing is they're all, they already invested money or to to upgrade their youth facilities. Really? Yeah. So I mean, these dudes are resting, man, just because they won. And I do think that's you know, and especially going by the ambition of of the owner, right? Uh huh who's talked about wanting a team in Europe and what better window than a club's world cup. Absolutely. Do it at the biggest stage. Yeah. If he could replicate what Tigres did, you know? Yeah, that would be huge. Although get to the final and put a really good fight. Yeah. You even win it. It's winnable. It's a one off. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. Um, there's a lot going on for, for Atlas right now. And, you know, again, happy for them. Um, it's nice to see some consistency in the league. And uh, we'll see what happens next season. As far as, like, some off-season transfers, um, Pumas have basically gotten rid of everybody. Uh, <laughs> Talavera, he's, he's, he's a free agent. You have uh, Aran Mosso, who was unveiled as Chivas's first refuerzo. And um, going the other way is the Mexican Mo Salah, a.k.a. Chino Huerta. So he's going to Pumas. <laughs> <laughs> and I wish Chiquis was on the show yeah, because... Watch him do good, man. <laughs> I, I, I wish I wish Chiquis was on the show because I could ask him, you know... Um, what are they gonna do with uh, with the four million dollars that that they got from Chivas for for Alan Mosso? I wonder what kind of uh, third division Brazilian players they can get with that kind of spend. That's yeah, that's their whole transfer budget right there, man. They'll get them on the cheap, but whoever's doing their buying there, 
think they serve a metal, man. They just got in some bargain buys. We have a uh, listener that wants to hop on. Yes. Again, uh, those are on, on our Twitter space. Thank you guys so much for hopping on. And if you want to speak, just uh, hit the little request button and we'll add you on. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, I'm here on site on an El Fracaso del Tata. Right now, I just want to give this drive-by here that Fuera Tata, get, get him the hell out of here. And you guys have a good night. Oh, you're in Arizona. Yeah. How much did you pay, man? How much? <laughs> he just dropped off. How much did you pay for that match? He just dropped off. I used to, I used to go for games because uh, I, I grew up in South LA, so pretty much Max will play almost the majority of the moleros at the Los Angeles Coliseum, the Azteca del Norte. And it was $20, $25 first come, first serve. Damn. That's, that's what I grew up in. That actually sounds it's, like a lot for what, like the 90s or what? Yeah, mid 90s. <clears throat> I don't think it was, no, that's, that's about right, you know. As far as like, um, yeah, maybe you're right. Events, event ticketing for events. I know twenty dollars in nineteen ninety or in the '90s was worth a lot more than it is now. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, you were going to a sporting event. Um, you were paying, well, depending the seats, right? Because yeah. I think you go to Dodger games for like eight dollars or something. Right. But still, um. Depending the seat, but this was first come for serve, so a lot of people would show up really early to get to get the seats that they wanted. But I mean, it, it was still um, it was still very affordable, and, and it's not like they played every so often. The other prices were also cheaper. Now it's it's just it's just the parking, right? It's like fifty dollars, sometimes more, just to park the car. Oh yeah. Um, so. But yeah, no, once they started doing like these like special seating, like VIP packages, like, and yeah, yeah, they do all that and then they put you on the field. Now, I don't know if you noticed in some games, yeah, they, they got have the, like a tent at field level, the fan experience, um, the fan, yeah, man. So, and tickets going for like $500 or whatnot, and it's it's insane. You got the I'm perks of the for, world, you know. <laughs> paying for that man well you know i'm gonna say just because you paid for that doesn't mean that's what you're gonna it's at the end of the day it's a molero it's it's not yeah you know it's not like a world cup match all right you know so i i think uh how much do you gotta pay to hang out with the wives and and uh, girlfriends of the players because yeah i would pay for that some people want that though but i mean (laughs) i'm saying once as Mexican, once Mexican fans started giving in to like, like the price hikes, and I remember how they went up to fifty, you know, so like they doubled almost overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like fifty bucks now, and then they they started the obvious thing breaking down the stadium by seating sections, and then after that doing like VIP sections and whatnot, and I felt that that the fans just kept going with it, you know? Almost like it became some type of status thing, like, oh, I got the VIP, you know, or something. I don't know, but I would I would just not pay that much for for a Moleto. 
<laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, man. It's been the prices are crazy. And you have Pern, basically the uh, proof that there are people willing to, to buy that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's so funny. Well, you could get one of the... Sometimes you could get tickets, you know, you call in the radio, color 10, you answer the question, you get you get a pair of tickets. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as far as... Oh, and I'm at this other thing, uh, Jaime, just really quick. Yeah. So back then, when when I went, um, the games were in televised. Oh. I mean, they were televised, but like, you couldn't see them if you were... You know, they wouldn't show them if you're in the, you know, like if, if the game's in LA, you're in LA, you're not going to see it. It's like blacklisted or whatever, blackout. Yeah. Um, you could just hear it like on the radio. And so that was the other attraction of, of being at the match. Um, now it doesn't matter. And I, that's why I think it's, it became surprising to me that that people would still pay, even though you could just see it see it from home. Yeah. Yeah, the times have changed. Mexico's uh, they're a big business team now. That's yeah, I, I think they were for a while. They just kind of didn't know it. <laughs> and. Um... As far as uh, other off-season transfers, uh, there's also a player uh, going to Chivas that uh, I forgot. I forgot his name, but he's kind of coming out of the woodworks. I think he was loaned out to Nicaxa. Now he's he's back at Chivas. Um, as far as that goes, though, uh, I don't really see any, any other movements. Uh, I would love to see another goalkeeper uh, because we don't have Gudino. He he is also a free agent, free to leave. So uh, we don't really have. I mean, Wacho is okay, but I don't. I think that if you're Pelaz, you're gonna have to go after somebody experienced in the back. And there's also a rumor that I heard where Chios are after Henry Martin, and America wants to get JJ Mack in return. And I'm like, if you allow that to happen, <laughs> like, how would you allow that to happen? Why would you allow no, that to happen? They're not letting go of that guy. For sure. Well, we're on Twitter Spaces, guys. So if you guys want to hop on, say something, let us know. Uh, Ricardo's on the chat. Yeah, he's saying uh, Atlas pulled the triple whammy. They eliminated Chivas, won the Campeón de Campeones, and won the B Campeonato. Yeah. Okay, he's rubbing it in. <laughs> and, you know... Unfortunately, we weren't able to see that America Atlas final the way I wanted to see it, but they definitely got, I guess, in that aspect, uh, lucky. <laughs> yes, sir. 
as far as Mexico goes, I believe the Nations League is coming up. And that will kick off on Saturday, June 11th. Didn't it already start for Central American teams? Or is that a different one? Uh, If I'm not mistaken... It might have already began. Yeah, because I saw... I was watching uh, Panama. Oh, there you go. They were beating uh, Costa Rica. They actually won today, 2-0. Oh, and how did I not... How did I miss this? Guatemala lost. Yes, to French Guayana. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> Who the hell's that? <laughs> small island. You know, some of these small islands, because I think, I don't know, you had uh, Suriname, which I think they're in South America. For some reason, they play in North America. But they're like, they were like a colony of Holland or something, something of the sorts. Dude, they would have some sick players. And some really good players came out of there that ended up in uh, going to to the Netherlands. Um, so I don't know what, what the deal is right now with French Guayana, if they're linked to France and if they have some, you know, if they send some people over or whatnot, I wouldn't be surprised. I wonder if Obomiang played for them, or maybe I'm mixing him up. Yeah, it's just because they're really small countries, and, you know, no money. So a lot of times they end up, their players won't stick around, you know. That's, you know, the career and whatnot. Uh, I'm trying to find him. He is Gabon. Pierre Aubameyang. Where where did he? He played for he played for Arsenal for a bit and Dortmund. But I just remember he was like from a like small country. Um. Yeah. So what's up with your boy Tena, man? I mean, you were praising him for taking the I job still in, am. I, in Guatemala. I still, am. Uh, I still am. You don't. You don't. You don't finish a a what's it called a proceso just because you know one bad result. Let's see if they qualify. I do think if they fail to qualify, that would be a fracaso. Uh, so yeah, this. This is uh, disheartening. They look good against Max. I mean, but I guess it's easy to be to be uh, motivated for that one. Uh, who knows what happened, man? I don't know what the what the plane ride is. I mean, was the game over there, or where? I don't know where the game was. Guatemala. I mean, they had to sleep in the in the you know at the airport. <laughs> I think it was on the road. 
they have to go on a boat or something. Yeah, it's all these other things that some sometimes some factors that we don't we don't take into account. But so they're in group and, and, uh, they're in group D with Dominican Republic, French Guiana, Belize, and uh, Guatemala. So you know this is the first match, but obviously you have to get out of this group, man. Yeah, they do. Uh, who knows what happened? I would have liked to bring in a, a Chapin to explain it. Give, give some insider info. We used to have a, a, we used to know a person in El Salvador back when De Los Cobos was the coach. Oh, okay. And he would, he would come on to, to give us updates on what was going on. Ricardo says Tena is a bum. <laughs> he, hey, he has the gold medal though, man. Olympic he'll always, gold, dude. He'll always have that. Yeah, I can't take that you can't, away. You can't take that away. And that's that's one of the Mexican national team's biggest achievements when when you put what makes El Tri when when you see why fans get upset over a defeat against Uruguay or or not being able to to do better than to reach a, or, you know, not being able to reach a quinto partido or whatnot, when they start setting high expectations, that's one <laughs> of the reasons why, man. Because then I showed that it can be done. It's crazy how quick fans, a lot of people turn on him. All of a sudden he sucks. <laughs> it's like nobody wants to touch him. Oh, man, I have made the conclusion that the fans have a goldfish memory. <laughs> but, you know, it's been coming for a long time as far as Mexico and them just not really convincing me. Um, Data's still continuing to call the same usual suspects despite... Like, uh, I think the biggest criticism he's getting is the fact that, you know, you, you look at the this team, right, Atlas, that won the the back-to-back titles, and he really hasn't called anyone up from from that winning championship team. And, you know, it doesn't, doesn't make sense, right? I feel like yeah, you're, yeah, calling, that is you're, a... you're calling up Gallardo when you have Reyes, who's been, you know, one of the most consistent uh, fullbacks in the league I think you know he merits a call up and maybe uh, Jeremy Marquez I think he's still a little green I think there's still a, a few players ahead of him but still like you do have some Mexicans on Atlas that deserve a shot uh, and Pachuca too uh, I think Pachuca has shown that they have some really good talent so well that guy um, Jesus I'm forgetting his name the guy who was going to come to Chivas which one? The one that ended up having the drug problem. Oh, yeah. Pocho Guzman. Yeah. And he said, you know, he's been kind of calling him out. Calling out Tata. He did. He he, he said he's got to, you know, he's been busting his balls just trying to get, you know, to, to basically prove a point. Like, hey, you know, like, how can you not call me up? But... I think there's a few players that have been blacklisted from the national team. He's one of them because of the doping scandal. 
And uh, Alan Mosso, you know, for having a little berrinche for, you know, when he found out he wasn't going to go to Japan, even though he was part of the Olympic process. And, uh, of course, it's always up to Guadalajara to to put these players back in good graces with the national team. We saw it happen with Alan Pulido. You know, Alan Pulido was basically just not allowed to even go back to Mexico after what he did to Tigres, but... Well, yeah, the, the way he left. The way he left, and, yeah. Yeah, he left. He said he, he said he, he had a, his contract wasn't, um, that he, he was not under contract. And Tigres was arguing that, I believe one of the arguments was if you're going to the World Cup and you're, you're, um, you're with a club. I think that they make sure you're you're signed. They don't just let you go if your contract's about to expire. Because then, um, I'm not saying let you go, like give you permission. I mean, like the club will do what it can to to sign an extension in case you do good in the tournament. Right. And they could come up, and that was one of their arguments. But yeah, um, the way he left, and then. It's it's uh that's why that dude needs to be sending uh, you got a gift basket every year. Because <laughs> he, he took that gamble, he had to pay Olympiacos ten million, ten million for a player they just had like on the bench uh, for what, fourteen games in two years. Right. They bounced them around. They had like, I think they sent him to a second division team, um, and then they paid theaters like another seven million or whatnot. That's a lot of money to gamble on a player with so little game in two years, and it paid off. Um, so yeah, he owes a lot to to Higuera. I know a lot of us hate that guy, but he took that big risk and it paid off. Yeah, it really did. But uh, again, Guadalajara always being the team that puts these players back in good graces, and. You know, I, I hope Alan Mosso, uh, we get the best version of him. I do got to criticize Belaz, though, because, you know, he praises, you know, and really wants the team to be, like, uh, committed and, and, you know, not have disciplinary issues. And then he goes in and, and he signs players that were known party boys or just known for, like, <laughs> having uh, locker room problems, right? Then they did yeah. the Olympia. They, they they got rid of all those guys. And then now he signs Mosso, who, again, is a locker room problem. So it's like, what's going on here? Why do you well, keep I mean, making the nothing, same mistakes? There's, there's nothing to choose from. Um, but I do think having done the Olympia, it kind of shows, like, you know, we will boot you out. Yeah. Um, and I do think if they sign some type of contract, they could have the type of contract where if you breach it because you, you you showed up drunk or whatnot, that they could probably terminate it and they don't have to pay you the what's left of it, you know? We have, looks like Ricardo's going to hop on. Hello, Ricardo. Welcome to the show, man. I think you're on mute. 
Hello. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. How's it going, gentlemen? We going, man. We doing good. I never thought I'd see the day where Atlas would be the biggest team in Guadalajara. <laughs> oh, you're funny, man. Bicampeonato, triple whammy, got rid of Chivas, and they won. Well, they didn't even have to play another team, and they won the campeon de campeones. I mean, this is legendary stuff. <laughs> Well, uh, what happened at your America, man? They couldn't get the job done against Pachuca. Yeah, well, I know there's a narrative that America gets help, but that's just propaganda from the other so, equipos chicos, including Chivas, you know, that try to bring down the giant on top, you know? Aha. Uh-huh. I don't and, know, um, man. Did you guys mention the shit show that was the... Game against Uruguay? Uh, we talked a little bit about it. I'll be honest, I kind of tuned out. I was watching the Warriors play, uh, who also messed it up. Um, but we did. My, my Celtics one, I noticed. We we did have Pern, who was uh, at the game over there in Arizona, and he says he wants Tata out. And uh, well, that's something that we've been saying for quite some time now. But uh, I'd love to hear your takes on, on that game. I mean, I I hate to keep beating on a dead horse, but these players, they they play with such little physicality that I don't know. I I, I, didn't, I don't even know that winger's name for Uruguay number eight. It looks like a school kid. He was running past Artiaga and Angulo. Like it was it was really embarrassing. And I I don't want to sound like a geneticist or like a more racist or some, some kind, but I think just the Mexican player in general is slow as crap, man. They're really slow. And uh, the reaction time compared to any other, like you can go back in history, look, like look up all the games in the World Cup, Copa America. Like these guys are so slow at reacting. I don't know if it's just like a genetic thing that we're just a slow people. But, man, these guys are all – notice and Cavani, man, the engine on that guy. Just notice when he's, uh, like, around the 70th, 70th minute mark. Man, that guy has an engine on him. He he won't – he's running uh, – he's he's running towards uh, both sides of the field, defending, attacking, passing. Man, it's crazy to me how – I just don't see how these Mexican players yeah, – He's 35. Exactly my point. I would love to see him in America, but like you said, he's probably still going to be. He's either going to go to Cruz Azul, or he's going to go to. He's probably going to stay in Europe, most likely. I mean, he's a he's a hell of a player. Yeah, but I don't see how the these Mexican players. They, I think, another big problem that people just gloss over is that these guys don't have any competition outside of Liga MX. Yeah. We had Copa. We had Copa America, and I think those a lot of people were like crap on them. But man, and I know the the Max Fed wasn't making any money off of it. But man, that was like another another like a uh, like tournament that they, they could like test themselves and like like bring themselves back down to reality. And those man, 
Like these other players, like they're hungry. They're more talented. Like we got to get our crap together, you know? And I don't see how playing in Liga MX just and, and Conca crap is going to help them out, man. Like, it was glaringly obvious today. I know it's just a friendly, but man, you, the, the level showed. Yeah, no, I've, I've been noticing that for a while that just the buildup play, the thought process, like mm-hmm. everything that Mexico does is just like, like when you go on a YouTube video and you want to slow it down the playback, like maybe 0. 0.5. Or- it's just slow. Mm-hmm. It's just very slow and very uh, reactive, not proactive. And yeah, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, it it takes it takes a good team to expose like a mediocre team, and, and we saw that today. Um, and they're not even at full full speed. That's the scary part, you know. I think that's the part that that yeah. pisses me off the most. They, they, honestly, they didn't even look like they were trying that. I much. know they really weren't. <laughs> No, it was embarrassing. Like there's an, there's another way to put it. It was embarrassing. Yeah, and again, at the end of the day, the ones that end up losing are the fans. You know, the ones that that went in there and and paid their money, and you know they went to go see this game and they got all excited. Maybe they're gonna see Marcel Flores. Maybe they're gonna see Lainez. Maybe they're gonna see Johan Vasquez. And Tata's like, yeah, no. You they they get to see the, they get to see these players with such little ambition, like Hector Herrera. I just he's going to, he's coming to my Houston my shitty Houston Dynamo <laughs> Gallardo he's, he's a, the, the biggest drunk in the world got a more I, I know Arajo's in Spain but man that guy is so slow he's on slow motion like you mentioned that I don't get why how that they it's, it's probably the agent man but I've seen pub games faster than like pub league players faster than <laughs> this guy it's horrible uh, it goes back to my point, man. These guys aren't going to get in shape staying in Mexico or playing in the MLS. Like these guys aren't taking care of themselves like they need to be in Europe. Yeah, so that, that's a no. That's a whole can of worms that's already already been opened. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, again, I, I don't really feel like this is the first time in a long time. I'm like, yeah, this World Cup is going to be whack as shit for Mexico. Like, <laughs> I, I don't see. It. Honestly, from what I've seen, I don't see us getting past that group stage. I know people like diminish Poland, and honestly, I don't. I don't know much about Poland either. But I just think their physic, European players' physicality in general, will always trouble us. Always. Well, Lewandowski's a problem. Um... Oh yeah, he, he, you can tell he's he's up there in age, and he's gonna want to do something because so far. He hasn't really done nothing in World Cups. And and here's another thing. He has so much to play for because he, as of right now, doesn't have a team. He, he announced that he's leaving Bayern Munich. So, you know, I think he's going to go into the World Cup with a lot of ambition. Like, hey, you know, like. Yeah. Of course, I can see that, yeah. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens. You know, Mexico always has a tendency to step up to teams and step down to teams. This happens every four years. And we always mm-hmm. we always miraculously get out of the group stage, but this is the first time in a long time I'm looking at like with what and how, you know, yeah. like that's the problem. Like I don't see anyone that can really like be the X factor anymore. Um, everyone's yeah. everyone's counting their 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 cash, man. They're be at this. They're all happy. They're getting paid. Yeah, and I know he, I know he's your guy, but I don't think he's a solution either. Ooh. Your boy Chicharo. Yeah, and we shouldn't even be looking at him as like the guy, right? 
we, mm-hmm. we shouldn't have to rely on on him to like you know score goals but it's mm-hmm. where it's literally where we're at right now like the, the, <laughs> like the, this is this the, the, this is where we're at right now, where we're literally looking mm-hmm. at like him as an option. That's how bad things are. The the any guys even mentioned there, and like it was it was crazy that like how how they even mentioned how uh, they, like the Uruguay defense like they had Raul off like in a little island by himself, and I was like, man, they really do have him out. Like like he's by himself. Like like he they neutralize him. Like he's out of there. Like yeah, there was a point at. Like, I don't see anyone coming in. Like you said, that's what we got. This is it, man. This is, this is the basically the bulk of the team that's going to Qatar unless something mm-hmm. ha- happens between now and then. And I don't know, you know, if Tata's on a leash at all. I think at this point, it's quite obvious that he is going to be the guy taking us to the World Cup. Yeah. But I, I also know that they can't be, like, deaf to, to what the fans are, are saying and, and how they're reacting. But maybe they're too busy counting the, the money that they are like, huh? There's that's that's so money, man. They, <laughs> they, saw, they saw those people show up today in Glendale, and they're like, "What are you talking about? We're yeah. paid, right?" Um, man, dark times, dark times ahead, indeed. Yeah, no, for sure. It's like, and uh, I heard, I heard you mentioned your uh, muscle. You got a little excited there. Uh, I wouldn't say excited. I think he's a big upgrade over what we've been trying to do with Conejo Brizuela. I think, you know, the experiment is just not working out. And uh, it's time, you big know. Big upgrade? Huh? Would you say it's a big upgrade or? I would say so. Player? I mean, because our fullbacks have been Ponce and Chapito and mm-hmm. Conejo and sometimes Cisneros. But it's like... It's time we have someone that's like under the age of thirty, <laughs> you know. It's... No, for sure. Yeah, he's he's he has youth on the side, definitely. But yeah, man, I've seen this. I've seen this guy play a lot. He's like every Mexican player in general. Man, he's so inconsistent on defense, especially. Yeah, no, for like, sure. When he when he shines, he shines. I'll give you that. Like he'll he'll look like like Barcelona is gonna call him up, and he's gonna be the. The replacement for that Brazilian guy, but but when he doesn't, like he looks very sloppy, <laughs> and he gets lost out there. And you know we have a tendency to uh, sort of ruin players when they come to Chivas. I mean, how many times have we seen a player that mm-hmm. like they look good and then they come to Chivas and then just like, oh, the stage is too too bright, the jersey's too heavy. And mm-hmm. maybe the culture as well is a little bit too, you know, because I remember Ma- Macias when he went to Leon, he says, like, the culture outside of Chivas is amazing. Like, you know, because it's only Mexicans and in, in, in Chivas, like, they all have, like, some sort of, like, jealousy or, like, kind of mm-hmm. like cutthroat mentality. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how, how the players react to him also. I know that he has good, you know, relationships with some of the te- some of the players that were part of the Preolimpico process. So, you know he he will have some some friends there, but we'll see we'll see what happens. Um, I'm just the honestly the best part about all this is the fact that we got rid of Chino. <laughs> oh, <the> Mexican Salah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he shines at Pumas though. To be honest. 
Yeah, I know. That sounds crazy, but I think you're right. He doesn't have any reflectors and out there and over there. And uh, I think Lilina probably, like, the way I view it, I don't think it's that much of a difference. And, oh, yeah, well, I mean, Chino did, he did shit the bed all the time. But you guys definitely won in that trade. But I don't know. I, got, I have a feeling he's going to be good at Pumas. Uh, I think it's a win-win situation. I think it's a mutual benefit there. It's good for him, and it's good for us, and it's good for, for Pumas. But having said that, I think if they were going to get someone, they should have gone for Kevin Alvarez for Pachuca. Uh, I doubt Chivas have the money to, to get him. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, they're broke. But if they, if, they, if they really wanted to make an impact, they would have got him. That, that kid does it all. He's uh he's a great player and we'll see what his future lies, you know, cuz Pachuca does have a good track record of exporting players. Um unfortunately yeah. though there are some some big spenders over there in uh Monterrey, so I know Tigres or, you know, Rayados are are going to be going after that. Yeah, Piojo likes some. Uh Al Pastor wants to hop on. Al Pastor connecting but uh welcome to the show what you got for us man i think you're on mute right now oh sorry i was uh reading something no i was just uh well first of all thank you for the having me on the space but no i was just uh having to say uh as far as the going back to the selection thing with, you know, you mentioned, like, there's no, like, X factor on the team. Then with uh, Ricardo mentioning, like, you know, Chicha might not even be that big of a difference maker, even if they, they call him up. So with those arguments being made, could you also say, is there a reason to even get rid of Tata? Like, even if you brought something else, someone else in, could you get that much of a difference on the on-field results? Like, it seems like for what the team, the roster that's available, it seems like you're not going to get any much better. Fair mm-hmm. enough. That is that's a fair uh, argument there. What I will say is, I, I I would guarantee you that certain players wouldn't get called up anymore. The Pizarros of the world, the Gallardos, the Hector Morenos. Um, I I feel like they would be absolutely like whoever was to take over the the helm would not call those players anymore. So I do think that there would be, even if they end up keeping some of the players. Uh, I think the energy would be a little bit different. Let's be honest. The Talavera shouldn't have been there. He looked he looked his age. Oh yeah. He looked, he looked very slow. I don't care what anyone says that second goal where the the that I mean the first goal where the center back scored it. That was all him. I mean he ate that goal. That Facts. first one. Yep. He nah. did. I, I think these agents have too much say in, in, this, in the selection, and a lot of these guys are past their expiration date, man. Even Pisado, I mean, what's the point of calling that guy up? Yeah, he's trash. Yeah, but I mean, with Talavera, he was like considered one of the top keeps in Liga MX. So it goes back to the saying that's like, all right, you have a trial, trial's playing at his level. Let's say Ochoa gets hurt. What else is there? Acevedo. Is gonna call? I would call Acevedo, even though he is green. 
well, that that's the thing. He's green. Like the idea is that he wants experience and someone he's comfortable going into the World Cup with as a backup choice. And based on what's available in Liga Mekis, your options are Acevedo, Talavera, and I guess Cota. And those last two are on the older side. Yeah, I, I would say I would take a chance on one of these green guys because I we can go back to that that uh, what was the Olympics after London where Talavera uh, went? Man, that guy's been shooting the bed this whole time. That Leo, that Leo against that Leon final, he ate he ate like a bunch of little goals. I think it's a myth that this guy is a top guy. Like I've never seen this guy perform like that. I don't know, man. I think a lot of the times, and we're seeing it with uh, with Tata, is like he's going for players with experience, and the and the goalkeeping position does that does weigh a factor in there for sure. At the same time, though, I I do agree. Like he should not be getting called up, um, and there should be guys making it obvious that you know they should be making their case. And that's another thing too is like. It's not his fault that he's getting called up. It's the other players that are not showing enough ambition. Because if you're out there busting your balls and, like, doing everything you can in your power to, like, show that you are ready for, for the call-up, then, you know, Tata wouldn't even be in the conversation. But I feel like a lot of these players are just mediocre. They're just settling for being, like, a club player, getting good money, and... And really, not really thinking uh, much of that, like of their careers. They're not taking their 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 profession seriously. Um, that's how I feel about it, honestly. But I think Acevedo does deserve a chance. Um, he's he's been looking good the times that he has been called up. Uh, I think he's got the market building aspect of it down too, because unfortunately, that's a big factor into the national team. It's not just that you play mm-hmm. good, but you do have to have like fans have to like you. And uh, I think the way his he's been doing it so far has been good, and I, I could see him taking over uh, Ochoa's spot, but uh, I don't know what Tata's looking at right now. I really don't. And uh, I, now that you mentioned that, I mean that other guy from Tigres, the one that played for Adelaide, was his name? Uh, the one that got ran over, uh, Angulo. Like he he shouldn't have been there either. Yeah, no. like he looked lost, man. He looked, and like I like I mentioned earlier, I mean that that's, that winger for Uruguay for Uruguay, that number eight, man, he just toyed with them. But you see, was it him or yeah, I got the one that fell over. Uh, I'm not sure. Again, I I kind of tuned out. <laughs> man, like it was embarrassing. Yeah, but I mean, Angulo had been good, like, and he got Mekis, and that's why he made that move to Tigres, and he was doing well there. I mean, if anything, that's the benefit of these games, where it showed you that he got smoked, and then you're going up against Argentina and Poland, so it gives you, as a coach, like, second doubt. So it's like, can I really trust this guy? Maybe not. Let me see what Mm -hmm. else I can do. So, I mean, it's not necessarily bad that he got exposed. Uh, That's the whole purpose of these games, to see who can might not be able to fill that role. Yeah, it showed the level. That's what it did. Correct. We have Kashima fan. Not sure what your question means, but he said, why isn't a designated priority backup? 
I don't know if that's a complete sentence, but <laughs> uh, try to rephrase that, Kashima fan. Appreciate you hopping on YouTube chats. Uh, Pastor, how, how do you feel about Chivas getting Mosul? Uh, you know what? With Mosul, his it's the same thing like his Pumas, really great. Well, can be really great on the offense. But at the same time, who was on the other end of those crosses with the Neno? Is he really mm-hmm. going to have that at Chivas? And two, on far as defense, he gets exposed a lot. So even if, I mean, if he were to play today, like versus Uruguay, like if he would have gotten called up, like he would have been, like, may look bad as well. I mean, I hope that maybe for his own sake in a couple of years, he can turn into that player he thinks he is. But, like, he's literally making a big marketing campaign for him to be in the World Cup where, like, defensive-wise, he has nothing to do at that big stage. I mean, when you talk about a World Cup, you're talking about the best players for their national team. And, yeah, he's shining at Pumas with getting some crosses in. But that's about it. I mean, at the end of the day, he is a left back. He's not a left wing. He has to be able to defend as well. But um, for Chivas, it's good. I mean, for Chivas, you know, you fill a role that, uh, you had you were experimenting with other players, so you kind of get someone who's just gonna focus on that role. Uh, he's a player that you can market as well, and they'll keep the fans in the hush hush for a while, keep them a little bit content. <laughs> yeah, you know, because they're desperate for something. They they want to see something. You know, it's like we want to see an effort. We want to see, you know, Pelaz take this his job seriously because right now he's. He's underperformed. He's uh, over-promised and under-delivered. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, America made him. America made him? Yeah, not the other way around. America America made him and Piojo. Notice how he struggled? I mean, Piojo, he disappeared. He went to TJ. He didn't do anything at TJ. He came back to America. They armed the. I think back to that mid that that midfield that America had when he came back that second time. They had Machine. They had like Guido pieces. That Guido Rodriguez, the one in Betis. That Colombian Uribe. I mean, how like that's a crazy midfield. Of course, he was gonna win something. Then he goes uh, Igres, and he shouldn't have bet again. Like I said. Uh, I'm, America makes everyone big, man. Yeah, you. I mean, yeah, that's why I said. That's why I said Cavani. He, like he's a perfect fit for America. He's scoring goals all over Cruz Azul, Chivas. He'd be in. A, he'd be Divalo instantly. No, a perfect player for uh, America would be uh, Suarez with his dirty ass. Yeah, that's what I was saying. The winning mentality, you're right. I agree. <laughs> I don't know about winning mentality. To help us win that, that 14, man. You're right. I agree. I I do believe that uh, if Suarez was to come to Liga Mekis, I think that's the team he needs to go to. Just How do like... you see Cruz Azul? Cruz Azul? Yeah, I can see either him or Colin at Cruz Azul. True. They, they're known for spending, making some big... Uh, some signings. Transfers, too. Yeah. Yeah. I can, no, see yeah. That. I can see that. Yeah, I can definitely see that. 
Well, Joel has left the chat. Looks like he's avoided talking about Pelaez's uh, mediocre <laughs> run at Guadalajara. Um, man, he always defends everything, man. He's, he defends Pelaez, that bum, Tena. Total bum. I know he won the gold medal, man. That's that's a youth tournament. <laughs> We're talking big boy stuff. Yeah. And, uh, he love, he's in love with Buse. I mean... Yeah, he's been nowhere to be found when, uh, you know, today against, uh, you know, Guatemala lost in the, <laughs> in the Nations League. He was really hyping up Tena for that, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do expect Guatemala to get out of the group, but if they don't, I mean, that's a problem, you know? Chapinis are good at football, man. Are they? I don't know. No. Nah. No, they suck. <laughs> Their best player was uh, Pescaito Ruiz, I think. No, notice, notice uh, every time you, uh, you're on Twitter or you meet like a Chapin, they're always a USA fan. Oh, that's true. And uh, whenever uh, Guatemala's playing, they put their Guatemala jersey on. <laughs> I don't know what you call that, huh? They're USA, Madrid, or Barcelona fans. Oh yeah, they they love uh, they love European football. Yeah, but but they don't have anyone over there. Madrid, man, can't believe they won. Hey, I'm I'm all about Madrid and all that, man. They parked that bus. I don't care what anyone said. I'm happy they won, but they parked that bus. No, I have to disagree with that. I mean. Parking the bus would be like Atletico Madrid versus Manchester City. Madrid was trying to play, but they just oh. couldn't because Liverpool was so overwhelming. But it's not like Madrid like literally threw the bus back there and said, let's just play a counter. They were trying to develop their game. They just couldn't because they were overwhelmed by the amount of pressing and talent that Liverpool has. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, Guardiola has a style. You know how his teams are going to play. Klopp has the style, you know how his teams are going to play, but Ancelotti kind of adapts to the game and to the opponent, and that worked out for him. You know, there were games where against PSG, Chelsea, City, they scored a lot of goals, and there was a game, this was a game like Tony Cruz said, you know, it's just a matter of winning the final. I could care less how we play. And they did it. Facts, dude. Don't get me wrong, I'm happy they won. But they got the Americanista mindset, man. They're always about to win. You know what I mean? Doesn't matter how, how it happens, they just want to get it done. Yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Like, uh, look at Guardiola, you know, he'll dominate the fuck out of you, 80% possession, 30 shots on goal, but then he loses in the last two minutes of the game. So, mm-hmm. so. Uh, Kashima fan looks like he has something to say, uh, Quatois. Safe pair of hands stops a lot due to subpar depay, if you ask me. What? Oh, s- stop Salah. Man, Salah, man, that, that boy, he went from being popular to looking like a clown. He was dying to have Madrid. He said, like, it scored a subtle revenge on Pay Madrid. Doesn't do <laughs> shit. And now comes out and says, I would trade my awards to play the final one more time. <laughs> you had two chances against Madrid. How many more do you want? 
You, you know, you know what I think it is too. I think Madrid has that Mike Tyson factor. Let me explain. It, I remember back in the day when, in his prime, Mike Tyson, they would say like he would before he'd go to the ring, like the opponent was already defeated because he was so scared. I think they have Madrid has that. I mean, you think so? Like you, Liverpool. I mean, I know they. I said they parked the bus, but man, like. After that first uh, goal scored from Vinicius, I mean, that's the only goal. I mean, the Vinicius Vinicius scored. I mean, they looked out of place. Yeah. They looked like, uh, they looked scared. Which is, it's weird because like Liverpool out of all the English teams uh, have the most Champions League titles and you feel like they would know how to handle themselves. Uh, But yeah, they, I feel like they just, they fell into the same traps and, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. the bulk of Madrid's team had been together for a long time. And then you have Ancelotti, who's just a beast. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. kudos to them, man. I think they deserve the title, especially after, you know, they had a really tough draw, like, all the way through to the final. Like, they didn't have any easy mm-hmm. games. Uh, oh, yeah, they went, they went through the gauntlet. Yeah. And Salah played like, Salah played like uh, Hector Cuenta. <laughs> Maybe we're in an alternative universe where you know mm-hmm. Chino will start playing like Salah over there in in Pumas. I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Liini, man, he's a good coach. Yeah, he, oh, he is. he's a coach that can get that nitty gritty out of a player and focus them to get on that. So I think that would be perfect for Huerta. They're not having him come in expecting him to be a baller. They're expecting him to put his head down, get to work, be part of the team, and, like, you know, grind out those wins. Yeah. And in a team like that, he could be a perfect uh, role player. Yeah. We saw some good moments of him at Mazatlan when he was on loan. So, I mean, I know he's he's still young, too. And for some reason in FIFA, he turns out to be a really good player. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I play Kurt. I was, I, was I was listening to some reporters. They were talking about when he was in Mazatlan that they, when they were trying to buy him off Chivas and supposedly they offered like 8 mil and no, Chivas turned it down. I don't believe that. That's crazy. Yeah, that's, what, that's what they were saying. His release clause was, uh, was 10 mil and they only offered 8 and that's why they didn't sell him. Wow. I mean, he showed a lot of promise when he was with Mazatlan. They figured as they brought him back, he'd ball out. So I can't even not, not, not 10 mil worth, worth the promise. <laughs> yeah, but I guess Chivas was trying to do one of those. You sell me expensive Mexican players. I'll sell them expensive back to you. The backfired. That's crazy. <laughs> they would have got that cash. They probably could have got Mosso. And uh, Kevin Alvarez. <laughs> yeah. No, I think Kevin easily goes for 10, especially the Chivas. Oh, especially, yeah, right now he definitely does, yeah. That Chivas tax is real. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, we are at uh, the hour mark. Um, don't really have any closing thoughts on my end, but you guys have anything uh, you want to get off your chest? Anything football-related? It's fine. Um, America got a new sporting director. I mean, hopefully, 
this is the same guy that brought in uh, El Bam Bam and uh, El Piojo, El Herrera. Oh, okay. Back in the day. Yeah, same guy. Hopefully he's, he pulls off some magic and brings, brings some of these guys because America needs to be where it belongs and on top. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I know with, uh, what's his name? They, Solari, you know, they look good in, in regular season and then they get, you know, in the quarterfinals, get eliminated back to back. And then you guys got all the way to a semi. So, I mean, you guys are still relevant, but I know you guys are pushing for silverware. And uh, did you guys end up keeping the coach? El Tanazo? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hey, but you, you mentioned Solari, like, like news, like once he got sacked, like all these, all these, uh, reporters came out of nowhere saying that, uh, and they're pretty, they're pretty much mentioning that like, like all the foreign players have the same agent. So that kind of makes sense now. Oh, I mean, it is kind of, kind of weird that like, as soon as he's gone, the team just (laughs) complete heel turn 180. Like what the hell? Yeah, yeah. I keep saying that. If you watch that America Pachuca game from like uh, early on in the season, you could literally tell the America players threw that game away. Like it was oh, embarrassing. Yeah. Like just embarrassing. Like I mean, like you would think that would get investigated really for corruption or something on the players then, because literally they didn't even want to put their hands into that game. Like literally, not even like going in for those balls. How you expect a professional player to go into it? And then uh, with America's fall, it was their fault bringing in Solari. I mean, Solari did his job as a European coach. He was trying to finish top of the table, get the wins out, not so much on how they played, you know, almost like Madrid. And it worked, but you're at Liga and Mekis, Papi. It's not what you do during the season. It's what you do during playoffs. And that's mm-hmm. what he was not accustomed to. Yeah, that's what they were mentioning, that uh, he was confused on the aspect of Ligia. Like, he didn't get that. Like, he thought, but just by winning, like, getting all the points, like he's like he said, he was so used to European football, like, he fell out of place. But didn't he, didn't he play at Atlante? Yeah, but just for a season or two, I mean... Yeah, and this plus the whole mindset of like the whole coaching and everything that your job is to get the result during the game and like do well, be in the top of the standings, be first place, and then you come out to this shit and you lose versus eighth place in playoffs and everything you did throughout the whole season goes out the window. Mm-hmm. For sure, Pastor, what you got for me? Closing thoughts. I'm just gonna say that. Uh, those uh, Atlas titles, I look them at the same way as that Liverpool Champions League title versus Tottenham. In my count on paper, <laughs> in my count on paper, but as a fan, it will never count. It's going to be a bullshit what are you talking classic about? title. Classic title. It counts on paper, but in reality, it's a bullshit classic title. How can you say yeah. that when Chio, all of Chivas' titles were in black and white, my guy? Hey, all of Chivas' titles in black and white or all of Chivas' titles, Chivas only having three in the last 30 years or whatever. But if you look at all the files, all, all the things where VAR should have stepped in, 
where Atlas should have had red cards from last week, this week, that not. What about Chivander? What? Chivander, when they won the title against Tigres. The same yeah, and Chivas also, deserved, Chivas also deserved the PK in that first leg versus Tigres. But this is the thing. You're talking about one play in the final. You're talking about one play in the whole playoff run for that Chivas title. If you look at the Atlas, if you look at the Atlas from this title and the last title, there's at least eight, ten different fucking plays that are like, yo, what's going on here? And then also that the president of Atlas is brothers with the chairman of the refs. Like, come on now. How funny that one of the most influential guys in Mexican soccer which is Alejandro, whatever his name is. His influence takes over and he takes a team not being champs in 70 years, back-to-back titles, and you have all that dubious refing as well. The Liga Mekis is becoming like the WWE, man. It's just entertainment. Oh, come on. <laughs> <and entertainment. laughs> so you're, you're going to mention all that, but you're not, you're not going to mention the, the fact that Chivander was in those last three Liga games for Chivas. In any other part of the world, they would have made a scandal, would have been on the front news. But in Mexico, they, they just, everyone had their hands behind their back, oh, it's fine. Hey, in Mexico, nothing's made a big deal. Whether isn't that, Chivas, big... America, Atlas, Favor, nothing's made a big deal. A ref three times. Look, look, at, look at Cholos. Cholos and Querétaro, same owner. Anywhere else in the world, if, you know, two teams that were fighting for the Central Personal were owned by the same coach, uh, same owner, it'd be a big-ass deal. Liga Mekis is a whole different animal. Didn't America beat uh, San Luis in the final, and they were owned by the same Televisa? And they, Necaxa. And they beat Necaxa on the final. Same oh, thing. my God. Go. Anywhere else that happens in the world? Come on now. That's but this Liga Mex, man. That's what I'm like, saying. Listen, Liga Mekis, it's, it's becoming like, the you gotta take WWE. Well, right now Atlas is the Rock, and Chivas is a is a I don't know like a, a loser wrestler. That's how it is right now. Rikishi. Yeah, Atlas, Atlas put the people's elbow on Chivas. That's what <laughs> uh, no, I I disagree with that. You know why? This More came people out. talked about the Alagmoso trade than they did have talked about a bicampeonato from Atlas. Uh, that's paid off propaganda uh, reporters, man. You know that. Report fans. Report fans, like my boy Alvaro Morales says. These guys get paid off by by that, by that Gonzo director, uh, Maori. Man, I don't even want to talk about Maori. That dude's a whole nother show. All right. That's the bell, folks. I love it. Las uñas. Las uñas came out. I love it, though. Um, want to thank everyone for hopping on tonight. I appreciate you guys. Uh, definitely made the podcast after Joel left. He didn't want to. He didn't want to answer some questions. Yeah, Kashima fan on YouTube. Thank you for hopping on. Not sure who you are, but you know, welcome to the cantina. Uh, we'll be back. There's plenty of other partido moleros coming up. We have Nations League kicking off next week. So uh, even though the Liga Mekki season is over, there's there's always going to be some drama, some transfers. So uh, we'll see what happens between now and then. But I want to thank everyone, and I hope you all have a great night and a great weekend. Peace!